What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 36. We're going to do our usual MLB rundown for the sixth or seventh week, I believe. We're Something in. like that, yeah. Yeah, and of course, we're going to go through the NBA playoffs, make our predictions, go back to our preseason predictions see how bad all of us did except for brett brett killed that shit yeah um and then some other notables in the mlb nba world yeah and then we'll get out of here yeah it's been an interesting week uh we obviously saw pujols go to los angeles we'll talk a little bit Mm -hmm. more about that in halftime but the NBA predictions, man, that that messed me up. Obviously, I'm not the most knowledgeable when it comes to basketball, but I've done my fair share. We'll be all right say. today. Yeah. <laughs> Should be fun, though, however, and uh, let's get straight into it with the opener. So my opener is going to be the Oakland A's road trip. Uh, they visited Boston and Minnesota. Minnesota was struggling, uh, but they took two out of three from there. Uh, and some exciting games. And the one game that they did lose, they were in the whole way through. Until Miguel Sano threw on home run in the eighth off of Jake Diekman. And then in Boston, the more impressive series here. Going into Boston at the time, uh, they had the best record in the MLB. A's took two out of three. And then the A's find themselves four spots down in MLB's power rankings after. That doesn't add up, Kyle. It doesn't make sense, but we know why the MLB does their power rankings. Skiller, do you know why? Because uh, they hate us. Publicity. They like when people talk. Obviously, the A's aren't a big talking point, but if they put, say, the Padres above us or a team that isn't, hasn't been doing the greatest recently, uh, but is a talked-about team like the Yankees, maybe. They'll get more buzz. They'll say, hey, they're going crazy or whatever. But uh, another thing with the A's, we also, since we're not doing an, an A's uh, run-through, talk about Luis Barrera a little bit, calling up our seventh uh Highest prospect. He's been on the 40, man. It feels like forever, and he's finally getting a chance. Yeah, it's great. 25, 26-year-old outfielder. Uh, good speed, good defense. Possibly could hit for some power, maybe. Uh, hopefully, he can hit for some power, because that's kind of what you got to do to stay in the big leagues. And Especially I know, in the corner outfield. Yeah, that's true. And I know Skeller wants to talk about another young outfielder here in his opener. Oh, yeah. So my favorite game from the week was on Thursday night, the Mariners played Cleveland. Two big MLB debuts. Jared Kelenic, the number three prospect in baseball, the Mariners outfielder. And Logan Gilbert, a guy who was drafted a couple years ago, had some uh, struggles in the minors, but is finally getting his chance. And I kind of got lost in the sauce here watching the game. I was too worried about why Logan Gilbert couldn't locate his changeup. And then I realized Plesak was throwing a no-hitter into the eighth. And he ended up giving up a hit, but it was still a great performance. Everybody, Zach Plesac, obviously an immaculate sports legend. Yeah, it's true. Does have an <laughs> immaculate inning. Yes. That's and uh, Kelly didn't get a hit that game, but he homered the next day, I believe. Uh, yeah, he did homer the next game. Yeah. And that was his first big league hit. And he had two other doubles in that night. So one of them was a blue, but I mean, I'll, we'll give it to him. For Promising star. There you go, Dilly. Yeah. <laughs> the stars are aligning. And we're going to see him on Monday night in Oakland. Yeah. Not true. Kyle, but. Yeah. Unfortunately. I'll watch him on TV. Yeah, he will. But will. let's get right into where's your head at. And the first thing that kind of stuck out to me this, this week in the MLB uh, world was Kyle, or not Kyle Seager, Corey Seager's injury. Uh, the broken hand is going to sideline him for, I'd assume, a month or two. 
And we know one thing about the NL West so far, it's been very competitive between the uh, the Padres and the Giants as long, or also with the Dodgers, obviously. Mm. So how does this massive injury for this Dodgers team affect their chances at getting that NL West? Because we know division is very, very key thing when it comes to baseball, because if you don't get the division and you get a wild card spot, your season comes down to one game and nobody wants that to happen. Yeah, the injuries suck. Obviously, the Dodgers have lost some big names here early on in the season, and San Diego's playing great with already some of their starters and their star, Fernando Tatis, out. Uh, But they're only two games back of the division. Um, The Dodgers are, if there was a team to be able to, you know, stay alive Mm -hmm. and have the next man up mentality, it would be the Dodgers. Their depth is crazy. Yeah, they Uh, draft well. San Francisco's great. But it's going to be nearly impossible to keep up the uh, hitting production, especially at Oracle Park. Yeah, uh, the Corey Seager injury is definitely going to affect their chances. And it might lower them, not to zero, but to under probably 50% with how good uh, the Padres have been recently and where the, the, the Giants are right now. And with the Padres, Padres have been playing great ball. They just took a sweep from the, the Cardinals. That last game was on Sunday Night Baseball. I got to watch that a little bit. And as Skyler said, they didn't have five, six of their guys due to the COVID protocols. They're starting to get them back now. But if they were doing that without them, imagine when, once they get to tease and Hosmer back in the lineup and some speed in uh, Profar and Mateo. Mm-hmm. So I think the Dodgers' chances are not slim, but they're not nearly as good as what they once were before. I think there's a very good shot that the Padres take this division. I don't think the Giants can, though. So going on, back to the M's that Skyler talked about to open the show. We're talking about Mitch Hanniger, Jared Kalanick, Kendall Graveman, guys that the Mariners have just kind of came out of nowhere again. Obviously, Kalanick's been known. Kendall Graveman was a quality starter uh, earlier in his career, and Mitch Hanniger was a really good hitter in 2017-2018. But yeah. Mitch Hanniger missed two years. Kalanick just got called up, and Kendall Graveman was bad for a couple, three, four years, and then moved to the bullpen and uh, is obviously thriving there. So do you think this young, uh, kind of exciting Seattle Mariners team actually has a shot once it comes to the AL wild card? Not this year, but they're really exciting. You can see the wheels starting to turn in Seattle. Um, what I think is going to happen is those guys, Hanniger and Graveman, are going to be trade pieces to get a little younger and – Fill in spots you know you're going to need in three years when you 100% are going to be contending or at least attempting to contend. Yeah. When I'm looking at the Seattle Mariners roster, you kind of notice a problem when, or not a, it's not a problem really. Having log jams isn't really a problem. It's just, it's something that you got to deal with eventually down the road. And they have that, a bit of a log jam there with Taylor Trammell, solid mm-hmm. prospect. Obviously, he's came up before, hasn't performed the greatest, but he's definitely a guy that still has a lot of talent in him. Mitch Hanniger, Jared Kalanick, and Julio Rodriguez, the highly touted prospect that, who's probably coming up next year, I'd assume, not this year because he's yeah. 19, 20 years old. But when you have four outfielders and there's only three spots, maybe they could DH one, but they also have Kyle Lewis. So we're That's not going to forget about him. So he's obviously taking one spot. Uh, I'd assume Kelnick's taking a spot, and I'd assume J-Rod's taking that spot too. So it leaves Hanniger and Trammell with the DH spot, and uh, that's it with that team. So I'd assume that they probably trade Hanniger or 
even if they wanted to, they could. If they wanted to get in the Trevor Story market, they could honestly with the guys that they have. I don't think that they would, but if they were willing to give up a guy like Tremel and probably more, I'd assume a lot more. Uh, they definitely could do it and perhaps like try to lure him into staying next mm-hmm. year. But for the M's team this year, I don't think this is really a year that they can compete for that wild card spot, especially with how, I wouldn't say strong the AL is, but how deep the AL is as far as like the, the uh, Twins haven't been good. But the Indians, the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Red Sox, there's a lot of teams throughout that can compete for that spot that I've have done it before. But it's a, it's a very big building block here when it comes to this team because they got these guys, and once you build camaraderie, it, you can really go anywhere, as we saw that with the A's so far in, in the past three, four years. They build a great clubhouse, and those guys all love each other, and they, they play for each other. And once that happens, you get 97, 90, 98 win seasons. But we're going to go back to the trade talk now, and this is a great, fun Kyle. one. That was great. Because... Trades are interesting, and trade deadline is not really near us, but it's definitely in the back of our minds right yeah. now. We know some guys are, are possible, or not, I wouldn't say probably going to get traded, but definitely have good chances of it in Trevor Story and Chris Bryant. But perhaps there could be an ace on the move, Skyler. Mm-hmm. What's going on? So I believe the biggest deal of the All-Star break will be a starting pitcher to a team that is contending surprisingly. Maybe uh, a guy like Alex Wood or Kevin Gosman, maybe even an underperforming guy like Dylan Bundy to maybe the Yankees or the Braves. And obviously the other two guys, uh, like you said, Trevor Story, Chris Bryant, they need to be paid soon, and it's not going to be by their teams. So where do you, do you think those guys are going to get traded, Bryant or, or Story? I would say there's a higher chance Chris Bryant gets traded. All right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I say that too. Even though Story's on a way worse team, it's just yeah, it's it's a very weird spot for the Rockies, and they're gonna have to start doing it soon. Like, it, it a good comparison for it, I think, is when Machado got traded to the, the Dodgers because that that mm-hmm. Orioles team was obviously really, really, really bad, and the same thing is is going on with the Rockies. And we we knew from the start of the year that Machado was gonna get traded. And we just haven't heard the same noise and movement that we we have heard uh, with Story. Yeah, so and far. the thing there's a big difference between rebuilding and then completely gutting a team. When you gut a team, no one's gonna want to buy tickets. Yeah, because the players there aren't gonna be there for a long time. Yeah, I'd say Coors though. When you're at Coors, okay, the atmosphere hits you. Yeah, no matter what, <laughs> it, as long as you got a little bit of pop in the lineup. Hell, Garrett Hampson hit a 450-foot home run a couple days ago. All right. But I think the biggest uh, trade that's going to happen before the trade deadline is going to be Chris Bryant. He's going to the reigning champs, the Los Angeles Dodgers. We know they've dealt with injuries so far. And Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager, they might just want to reinforce the lineup and strengthen it before the postseason. They got the prospects to do it. I don't think they'd play him at third. Obviously, they got Justin Turner, longtime Dodger. But they could play him on left. They would have a little bit of a logjam problem. But, I mean, they could trade. He's playing left right now away. They could do whatever they want, really. Mm-hmm. That would set up an all-time outfield with three MVPs, Chris Bryant in left, Cody Bellinger in center, and Mookie Betts in right. And that would be insane. That would be something. But I, is it is it too much, though? What do you mean, is it too much? <sighs> Nothing's too much at the price of winning a World Series. I understand. And... 
but right now I'm thinking about the Machado to the Dodgers deal. Mm-hmm. He didn't end up resigning with them. Yeah. And what did they give up? Well, they didn't. They actually didn't give up that much, if okay. I remember correctly. Okay. But the thing is, with the Machado trade, we knew that they weren't going to sign him back because Corey Seager was getting Tommy John that year. Yeah. And so he, you, Corey Seager was obviously going to get his spot back. But Seager's a guy that's going to get paid this offseason too, I believe, right? Or is it next season? Next off yeah, he's he's one of those guys. So they got <laughs> they got some serious thinking to do when it comes to the trade deadline. And uh, Chris Bryant to the Dodgers would definitely be something. I'd put possibly five MVPs on the field at the same time. Yeah, we, me and Skyler were talking before the show that that has to be a record. I don't think there's yeah. any 1960s Celtics stuff going on where there's they got 18 Hall of Famers on the same team. I'm thinking maybe. Back before they had interleague play and free agency, maybe one of those Reds teams from the '60s: Pete Rose, Johnny Bench. Um, shit, that's about it, right? Uh, yeah, damn. I okay. mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good idea, but when Skyler named those two players, it, it gives you two out of five, and yeah, obviously Poolhouse is not an MVP caliber player right now, but he's still won it multiple times, and so it's something to think about. But let's get to our weekly awards. Mm-hmm. Another fun thing that we do in the show before we get to halftime. Skyler, who is your player of the week? My player of the week is going to be Aaron Judge. First time winner for me. He had 500 with four homers, five ribbies, and he led the MLB in OPS this week. Very nice performance. Yeah, me too. I'm going to stick with Aaron Judge. Four home runs, five RBIs. Had a great week. Crushing the ball. I think at least three out of four of the home runs were 450-foot bombs. I know that doesn't really mean more, but when you're crushing the ball like that, you got to be my player of the week. I want to give a shout out to Brandon Crawford too. He just crushed another home run. Yeah, he's been on fire. It, it's crazy how it takes a guy like Brandon Crawford ten years to learn how to hit. Mm. How does that work? I don't know about that, but I mean he he's definitely a professional hitter, and he's leading okay, the with, MLB with massive power. He's leading the MLB in OPS or slugging percentage in mm. the month of May, which is kind of crazy to think for a guy who's. Been so defensively oriented. Yeah, known as a glove career. first guy. Another guy that I want to give a little shout out to is yeah. Josh Fuentes here okay. before okay. Uh, for with Player of the Week. He's not my my number one guy, obviously, but Fuentes had two home runs, thirteen RBIs, hit about four eighty for a great week for him. And the Rockies played some crazy ones over the weekend against the Reds. So just wanted to get that out there. Scaler, what about Pitcher of the Week? My pitcher of the week is going to be you, Darvish. Not a crazy week, but two solid starts against Colorado. He is 1-0, 11 innings, zero earned runs, and 12 Ks. Yeah, Darvish is a good pick. Uh, I think he's my pick here too, but another guy I want to give a little shout-out to is Kevin Gosman, eight mm. innings. I uh, believe he gave up one run and had 12 Ks. So obviously a great start for him. For a guy who's actually been really, really dominant this year, he's got great yeah. stuff and uh Giants are obviously hoping that he keeps it that way for the rest of the season. He's got a nasty splitter. That's true. What about rookie? <laughs> My uh, rookie of the week is going to be Casey Mize from the Tigers. This week, he went 2-0 with 13 and two-thirds innings pitched, three runs, 11 Ks. Those two wins include, I'm pretty sure they're on the road against Kansas City and Seattle. Yes. Yes. So, great week for Casey Mize. Another guy with a nasty splitter. That's true. Casey Mize is going to be special. We saw at Kalanick, uh, Casey Mize matchup yesterday. I think Kellenic went one for three against him, if I'm not mer- mistaken. But Mercedes. <laughs> I don't know why it said an M-E-R there. But, uh, yeah, 
it was a great matchup. Uh, something fun to watch and uh, definitely a future matchup in baseball that is going to be interesting to watch for sure. Casey Mize is definitely a candidate for my rookie of the week, but I'm going the other direction to the Phillies middle infielder, Nick Maton, a guy who started off the season super, super hot. I think he's hitting like 500 through 40 ABs. Kind of cooled down, but now he's back up. He had seven hits last week, two of them home runs. I think one of the home runs was his first big league shot. Wow. Uh, hit about 380. Uh, guy that the Phillies honestly probably need to make the postseason. Yeah, you know, we talk about these big prospects like Kalanick and Gilbert coming up, but no one ever talks about the little guys. Yeah, well, I don't want to say he's little. He's like 6'2", maybe, I think. Little in prospect ranking for Yeah, there we go. Let's go. Do you have a team of the week? I forgot about the team of the week, so go ahead, We Kyle. usually do forget about it, so I'm going to give him a break there. But my team of the week is the Astros, unfortunately. 6-0, and they swept... The uh, Rangers in a four-game series to end it off over the weekend in a series that I picked the Rangers to actually take in my bold prediction last week. Obviously, that did not happen, however, though. So, let's go. You got one? I do got one. It's kind of been in my mind. I wanted to be 100% sure of Mm -hmm. the statistics, so I had to look it up. I'm going with San Diego. 7-3 and out of the last 10. They swept St. Louis without Tatis and some other starters. It's a great week. Yeah. And they beat Colorado last night. Obviously, Colorado's not the greatest, as we've been talking about a little bit of story. <laughs> but nonetheless, a win is a win. A win versus the Yankees and a win versus the Rockies all count the same. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do it for the first half. Second half is going to be a lot more basketball, so stay tuned. Take it away. All right, let's go to halftime. Now, why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat fluid when you rhyme. It's halftime. All right, we're back for the second half. We're going to start it off with uh, some news we talked about a little bit. It's Pujols. Like we said last week, he was DFA'd by the Angels, scooped up by the Dodgers. Didn't even have to leave L.A.? Nope, just uh, go about 25 minutes on the freeway. Well, depending on the traffic. About an hour 25 on the freeway, but in actual distance. Actual distance, wow. If if he was a bird flying, he would have gotten there about 15 that's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, you know, especially right now with all the injuries, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But after people start coming back, do they have a spot for him? We'll see. I mean, he's obviously a good guy that to have in your clubhouse. I mean, two-time World Series champ, so he's obviously yeah. been there. Obviously, the Dodgers won last year, so I'd say about 90% of the team was has been there too. But they also got another guy. Skyler, you know who that is? Yoshiga Sutsugo. Sutsugo? Yeah, oh, he also signed man. there. I don't know how the hell they're going to do that with all those guys. Uh, Probably taxi squad guy. Yeah, Max Muncy, was he playing first? So they could move him over to second if they yeah. wanted to or whatever. But uh, obviously Chris Taylor's there. Gavin Lox is starting to break out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, Dodgers just mm-hmm. get a couple vets. Yeah, the interesting thing about the Pujols situation that I've heard a lot about is people were angry he didn't get like a, a, a goodbye tour like Mariano Rivera did. And the reason for that is Albert Pujols is going into the Hall of Fame with a Cardinals hat on. You know, this is a business. At least that's what I think. You know, there was no spot for him in L.A. Yeah, they also it, it obviously he knew it was coming too. It wasn't just like Albert, your mm-hmm. cut. Yeah, it, it's obviously been something that they talked about, and 
it's more of a part ways type thing, I think, than rather than just a FU, you're yeah. DFA'd. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely weird to see a guy like that get DFA'd, who's still obviously MLB capable. Yeah, and so we got some football news this week, too. Yeah. Surprisingly, we haven't heard much for a couple of weeks. But the Broncos are in an interesting situation yeah. right now. Tackle. They don't care about people's families. Juwan James. Was injured working out in the offseason. Not at team uh, headquarters or whatever. No. And he got screwed. Yeah. <laughs> they were allowed to cut him and uh, not pay him his guaranteed $10 million just mm-hmm. because he got hurt at an off-site uh, spot. If he was training at the Broncos facility... And tore his whatever it was. I don't. I'm actually not too sure. I don't what know it was. either. He tore something. But uh, if he tore it there, he would have guaranteed his money. Yeah. Would have been just fine for next year. But now he's kind of just screwed out of the job. Yeah, and we've seen some NFL players speak out about. Like I saw Patrick Mahomes tweet. Like all of us work out on our own. That's our job. Yeah. You know, it, it seems a little weird. And another story that came out a couple days ago, too, Broncos receiver Deshaun Hamilton, similar story. They were trying to trade him, actually, but he tore up something. And now, I don't think he got cut, but now he's on the PUP list and uh, no guaranteed money this year, which is, I think, fucked up. Physically unable to perform. Yes. That's the PUP uh, list for people that didn't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. If, if you didn't know. All right, that's that's all I got about that. Yeah. You know, uh, we'll be back hopefully in a couple weeks with more football news, but not a lot going on. Hey, minicamp, all the rookies are back. Yeah, that's true. Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> oh, Mike, did you hear what happened with Alex Leatherwood? No. Oh, my God. So Baltimore completely oh, yeah. duped out Mayock. He said they were going to take him at pick 26 or something when they actually had a third or fourth round grade on him. How do you know that, that that's true? Um, someone in the Baltimore organization talked about it. You know, maybe it's not 100% true, yeah. but, you we'll know. We'll see. We'll see. Best right tackle in the league. <laughs> Are you willing to? No. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> some brighter news. Shohei Otani is playing like an MVP right now. Uh, he's hit his lead leading homer with 13 last night. He hit two of them. He's also pitching great. He's got a two ERA. Um we were talking about this the other night. We think maybe Shohei is a top 15, top 20 player in the MLB already. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy to think because Shohei, his whole time in his career, has really kind of been one way or the other. We saw right as he came up, or not right as he came up, but right as he was signed, he played mm-hmm. a little bit of pitcher and uh, hit. Uh, obviously not on the same days, but he did that for about a month or two and then got hurt. Only hit, and then the next year, same exact thing, only hit. And it's kind of been a theme so far for Shohei that the pitching has never really been a thing that he has been able to stay healthy at. And this year, he's been doing it so far. Obviously, cross your fingers because the Angels and injuries go together like it's <laughs> bread and butter. And it's it's kind of crazy that he is the guy that's not hurt on the roster so far. But Shohei, I'd say he's definitely a top 15 guy. I want to see what his war would be like at the end of the season yeah. compared to a guy like Mike Trout because obviously Trout is so good at hitting, but Otani's good at hitting while also being able to pitch so he gives that extra value. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to think that this guy's oh, yeah. real. And, you know, right now he's obviously an all-star level player on both sides. Mm-hmm. And that's why 
I think he's a top 10 player when that happens. If you take away the pitching, he's still a great player, but he's not top 15, so, I believe. When they're, if Shohei Otani becomes an all-star this year, what <laughs> position is they, he going to be put at? Where is the game at? They moved to Colorado? Yeah. So no DH. Um, well, they have a DH in the all in the oh, they do? game, I, I th- think. Th- it used to depend on who was Well, they have, it, they have it for the AL, but not for the NL. Okay. Okay. So, I feel it's like you're probably DH or pitch an inning. Either of those two. But are they going to list them as what, though? DH? Probably. DH slash pitcher? Yeah. Slash left fielder? <laughs> slash right fielder? Because we did see him do that on... Uh, forget what day it was last week, but it was in Houston mm-hmm. where he struck out 10 people in seven innings and then said, screw it, I'm playing right field and hitting for the rest of the game. So, Which is amazing. Joey's crazy. It's amazing. You know, that that's something you do in Little League. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not something that you see in, in the MLB and we straight up just haven't seen it in 100 years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, another injury. Um, who, hey, Oscar? Who, Oscar? Who, Oscar? Who, Oscar? Who, Oscar? Yeah. He's got a weird first name. He was a little angry after his uh, start the other day. <laughs> yes. This is a starter for the Braves, by the way. Yes. And he uh, he went into the dugout and punched the bench, I think it was, and mm-hmm. he broke some bones in his hand. So Not now good. he's going to be out for two to three months. I think he's on the sixth day DL now, or oh, IL. Yeah. <laughs> the but. Braves already have a problem with their pitching staff. They finally have a young star in the pitching rotation, and now he's gone. Obviously, Max Fried's pitching better, but still, these guys can't catch a break. Yeah, and another thing with injuries with uh, the Braves starting pitchers is we saw Mike Soroka get surgery on his Achilles, mm-hmm. giving him uh, an out-for-the-year sign, which is not good, obviously. So two young – obviously, uh, Soroka hasn't pitched all season – but two young pitchers, two great pitchers so far for the Braves are out now. And, you know, this is a landing spot for some of these uh, pitchers on bad teams yeah, or teams true. that uh, aren't going to try to contend. That's you true. Know, that's why I see a trade possibility there. Yeah. And uh, another injury, this one hurts because it happens every year and you never expect it. Mike Trout's out six to eight weeks with a uh, strained calf. I think so, yeah. Yeah. It, it sucks because every single year Trout's out for a month or two. Yeah. But that, that's kind of the story of his career so far. He just he gets hurt because he has to do so much. And when, when he's doing as much as he's doing and it's not enough, it, it puts some stress on your body and uh, some stress to perform. Obviously, he's came through just about every single time in his career as far as performing goes. Yeah. But if you can't get past the injury bug, you can't really do anything. Oh, yeah. It's and the one weakness he has. It's tough, man. But you know what? For the rest of his career, I'm going to try to go to as many A's Angels games as I can. It's fair. Just, just so I could say it. Say I saw Mike Trout yeah. in person. And I've already seen him about five to ten times in person. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me. You know, When you're there, you don't think about it. But when you go home, you're like, damn, I just saw the greatest player of my generation. Yeah. And perhaps eventually of all time as far mm-hmm. as talent goes. Yeah. But as far as talent goes, maybe his teammate's going to pass him up with Shohei. That would be interesting. It's, as far as if you look at straight up talent, yeah, Trout and Otani are very very close because being it's able to good. do both sides is just it's insane, especially at, at the level that he's doing it at. Oh yeah, it's 
you know, Trout obviously has finesse to his game too, but mm. I would say that's the p- power versus finesse in these two athletes. Yeah, true. But anyways, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about on halftime. It was Yerman Mercedes. Uh, White Sox were killing the Twins last night. Nato Tuga went in to pitch. Williams yeah. Astudio for Astudio the Twins. Astudio yeah. was pitching. That's a position player, if you didn't yeah. catch that. Uh, Yerman Mercedes took him deep on 3-0. 47-mile-an-hour lob. <laughs> yeah, and it's not being taken very well across the league right now. Yeah, and Tony La Russa, <laughs> his own coach was pretty mad at him. We saw 3-0 fastballs, or not, uh, fastball, 47 miles an hour. With yeah. 3-0 pitches and blowouts being taken deep last year with Tatis, and we saw that whole break the game or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, situation going on. And Yerman's kind of taking the MLB by storm uh, this year, just like how Tatis took it over last year. So we're kind of getting a little bit of a similar situation here. Yeah, it's kind of weird because Tony La Russa usually doesn't discipline anybody in his entire, what, 46 years of experience in the MLB. Yeah. So this will be interesting to see. And I personally think there's nothing wrong with it. You, If you don't want to hit a 3-0 homer against a position player in a blowout game, then don't, don't get blown out. Yeah. Right? That's true. And uh, I just completely blinked on what I was going to say. <laughs> Something about no, unwritten no. rules. Well, we'll just go on. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up halftime. You basketball fans, get ready. We're coming right now. All right. We're talking about the play-in. Uh, that's going on right now. We just saw the Hornets lose by a lot of points to the Indiana Pacers. So that means that the Pacers will play the loser of the Wizards-Celtics game that has just started. So obviously you guys listen to it. listening to it will know the outcome to this game. But we're going to give our predictions for the playing games as well uh, for the Western Conference. So, Skyler, who do you got in this uh, Washington Celtics game first? I'm going to take Washington. And this is tough for me because I had Brad Stevens winning Coach of the Year. I thought this was going to be a great team. But no Jalen Brown, no Robert Williams to, uh, tomorrow night. Oh, no, it is tonight. What? Yeah, yeah, the game's yeah, tonight. Going on yeah, right yeah, now. sorry. But, uh, yeah, Westbrook's been on a tear and for that reason alone, I'm taking Washington. That's a little risky, but yeah. I'm going to do it. <laughs> See, my, my NBA picks aren't up to par because once MLB season turned on, I stopped watching basketball unless it was the Warriors. But based off of my previous knowledge, I'm taking the Celtics in this game. And uh, so that sets up for you. It would be a Celtics-Pacers game. And for me, it would be a Wizards-Pacers game. So who do you got in that one, Skyler? Uh oh yeah yeah sorry sorry it's yeah, we're yeah. all scrambled around because there's no official bracket I'm looking at for the playing game so it's tricky but I have Washington winning that one yeah I I want to say well you have Washington winning this game so it's Celtics versus Indiana you're right yeah you're right sorry that I have the Celtics upsetting Indianapolis yeah I'm going with Indy sorry. over uh, Washington I think the Beal. Westbrook combo is very fun, and I want to see it farther in the playoffs. But with how the Pacers just beat the crap out of the Hornets, I think I got to go with the the Pacers on this Man. one. Let's it's go to the confusing. It, you're good. <laughs> it, it's obviously new. Uh, not this year. They added it uh, in the bubble last year, but they returned it for this season, and mm. so it's all kind of new to everybody. Whoa, voice crack. But let's go no one, no one Western Conference now. Mm. 
where we got a little game to talk about tomorrow night. We yeah. have uh, first off, let's let's do the easier one. Yes. Men- Memphis versus San Antonio. I'm taking Memphis. They're just going to outscore them. I believe. Uh, simple as that. It shouldn't be a close game. Yeah, the rest of the way, I'm just going to let you do your picks. I'll talk to you, but I'm not going to give right. mine because my picks are not really the greatest of knowledge. All right. So you had Memphis winning that game. What about the yes. more exciting matchup and <laughs> probably the best, I'd say, or most intriguing yeah. matchup of the playing games? We have the reigning champs, the Lakers, taking on three-time champions Stephen Curry and Draymond Green mm-hmm. and company in the Staples Center. Right now, I'm going to go with the Warriors. Because I, f- I think LeBron's going to play no matter what, but he he's is. hurt. He is hurt. He's wrecked the same ankle every single game since he's been back. And I like my odds with Stephen Curry in a one-game playoff. Yeah, obviously. It, I think it would be amazing for the Warriors to win that game. It's definitely going to be something I'd post on social media. So look out for that if the Warriors take that game. But I think I know the answer to this one, but who's taking the Lakers-Memphis game together? It's going to be the Lakers. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be crazy to think that the Lakers have a possible chance to be out of the postseason. And if they lost that game against Memphis... <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah. No one <laughs> no one would ever say LeBron's the GOAT ever again. No. Even though he's been hurt, it's, it's still his team. Mm-hmm. But now let's go to the first round predictions, where the first one that we're going to talk about is going to be... The Heat and the Bucks. Heat and the Bucks. I'm going to take Milwaukee. It should be a quick series. I like Miami, but Milwaukee's been on a tear. And again, I like Giannis in the first round here. He's pretty unguardable, especially if you have, or not especially, but even though you have a guy like Jimmy Butler guarding him. I like Milwaukee. The Mavericks and the Clippers. Mavericks. I'm going to go with Dallas. This year, they get the upset. Luka is one of my favorite players in the NBA. <laughs> I picked him to win the MVP. Not happening. Not happening, but that's mostly on team success, I would say. Uh, yeah, they're I li- still a good team, though. I don't have a lot of uh, statistical evidence for you here, but I just I like I like Dallas. There's sometimes when you when you go, no matter what sport it is, if you've been watching a bit of the games and you just you just have a feel that the, game the speed sometimes happen. is different. Yeah, it, 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 I feel like it's easiest to do with the NFL. You you look at some matchups, and you just know teams don't match up too well with yeah. them. So you can pick upsets uh, where you want to. But let's get back to basketball. Mm-hmm. Trailblazers and the Nuggets. I'm going to go with Portland. They're going to shoot the lights out. No Jamal Murray's trouble for Denver. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, Jokic has been amazing, obviously. Mm. MVP candidate. We'll talk a little bit more about him in a bit. Uh, and the last fully known uh, series, the Hawks and the Knicks. I'm going to go with the Knicks here. Um, Atlanta has Clint Capella, who's been great defensively, but he's going to be matched up with Julius Randle, who's unbelievable this year. And I like my chances with the Knicks. Yeah, this Hawks, near, uh, Hawks-Knicks series kind of pops out to me a little bit because it's two teams that we haven't seen a little bit in the playoffs they're completely new rosters than when the last times that they were in the playoffs. So it's, it, I think it's going to be a fun series for me to watch. Mm-hmm. So next up, we have the one, one of the games. We're going to go through the ones that have the playing teams now too. So yeah. I, you have the Nets versus Washington, the, what the Wizards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take Brooklyn. Uh, probably a sweep here. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the the general consensus here is that the teams that weren't playing in the play-in were going to get these wins. But we'll see with the rest of them. And the next one that we're going to talk about is the Sixers versus the Celtics. 
I'm taking Philly. I think this one's going to be closer than people think. Yeah, this is a one versus eight, by the way. It is a one versus eight, but again, no Jalen Brown is going to be is going to be tough. He's probably the best defender in Boston, and it's just he lacking the matchup of Ben Simmons. You know who's going to guard Ben Simmons? It's true. Uh, well, you don't have to guard him at three because he guards himself from out there. But uh, yes. we're not talking about that. Let's go to the Suns Warriors series that Skyler mm-hmm. predicts. Hate to do it, but I'm taking Phoenix here. I think the Warriors will keep this competitive, maybe six games. That'd be fun. But Phoenix is deep. Yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely prepared to lose as a Warriors fan this year more than any other year because we don't have well, we have the star power in Stephen Curry, but we don't have the consistent. Uh, big three that we have had before and what seems to be pretty needed to to be the top team in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, we don't have a DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. We don't. Draymond's great, but he's not going to score 30. Well, we do have James Wiseman, but he's not playing yeah. because he is hurt. And the last one, the Jazz versus the Lakers, probably a very interesting one. Yeah, I'm taking Utah. Should be another close series if we get it. But Utah defensively has been... Pretty ridiculous this year. Yeah, if the Lakers go down in the first round or in the playing game, it's going to be something that's probably the biggest talking matter out of everything in the NBA just because the LeBron AD obviously won last year, but if despite being hurt, it's still kind of an L or huge L of a season if they don't at least get back to the conference championship. Mm-hmm. Now, Skyler... Let's talk about our predictions from the beginning of the season. What did we all have for MVP? For MVP, I had Luca, who put up similar numbers to what I predicted him to have. But, of course, you know, he's not a top seed. He's not going to win it. And that doesn't mean everything, as you'll see here. We got Brett and Kyle picking Curry. Yeah. So now let's go to current day. Mm-hmm. Who is your pick for MVP? Current day, I would pick Stephen Curry. I think he is the most valuable player. I would love that. But the league's going to pick Jokic. Yeah. Rightfully so, but my vote would go to Curry. Now let's go to Depoy. Depoy, uh, I had Anthony Davis. Same with Kyle. And Brett had Bam Adebayo. Obviously, Anthony Davis was hurt most of the year. Adebayo was not a bad season, but just not as good as Brett thought he would be. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Still a good season, though. A very solid center and uh, one of the best in the league. But, Skeller, who do, who's your pick for Depoy now? I'm going with Rudy Gobert. It's a good you one. Know, uh, Can't go wrong. The stat I have here is with him on the court, the Jazz allow 12 less points per game. That's, that's pretty crazy. good number. Obviously, the Jazz have been, I wouldn't say a surprise team, but the record is more surprising than what we – thought it was going to be because we knew they were going to be a good team just not this good Mm -hmm. but uh rudy gobert is definitely a big part of it as well as their team defense yeah what about rookie of the year skyler rookie of the year i had Lamelo ball slash halliburton if ball got hurt he did but that we'll get to that uh brett (laughs) had Lamelo as well and kyle had killian hayes because of derrick rose and blake griffin supporting him yeah, that did not happen at all. Uh, Killian Hayes did not play that much. He was hurt most of the year, so I'll give myself a, a slight pass on that because Lamelo got hurt in his games yeah. too. But Skyler, who is the rookie of the year? It's going to be Anthony Edwards. Nineteen points per game, five rebounds, three assists. He was a starter. Yeah. Most of the year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the only 
top three pick that was healthy the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I think he was healthy the whole year at, at least. I don't remember Anthony Edwards. Yeah, well, no, no longer than like a week. Yeah, but uh, Lamelo obviously out and Wiseman out were uh, big factors in choosing the rookie of the year this year. Let's go to mm-hmm. coach of the year, Skyler. Coach of the year, I had Brad Stevens, which is not going to happen. Kyle had Steve Nash. Brett had Steve Kerr. Let's go to current day, Skyler. Which guy? Current day. I'm going with Quinn Snyder, Utah Jazz head coach. They were the best team this year. He's going to win it. Yeah, it's a good pick. I think uh, it's a very safe pick as well. Uh, what about most improved player depth? Pro- I'd say probably the hardest uh, pick out of any. Not hardest pick, but hardest to pick out of any award in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I went with Christian Wood, who was looking like it until he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Kyle went with DeJounte Murray, who had a great year defensively. And Brett went with Michael Porter Jr., who was also great. So uh, we were all pretty close here. Yeah, and who, who do you think the MIP is going to be this year? Unfortunately, number one is going to be Julius Randle, 24 points per game. And his three-point percentage went up from about 20% to 41. So he should be the winner. Yeah. And uh, is there one more? Oh, yes, yeah, six man of the year. Kyle and I went with Sweet Lou and Brett's. So Jordan Clarkson, great call, Brett. He's going to win it, 18 points per game. I give a shout-out to Joe Ingles from Utah, but he started at the end of the year, so he is probably ineligible. Yeah, and let's go to our end-of-the-year prediction or our NBA Finals prediction from the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. So Brett had Brooklyn over the Lakers in six. Kyle had Brooklyn over the Lakers in seven. I had the Lakers over the Bucks in five. Lakers over the Bucks. Mm-hmm. What is your prediction now? Though? My prediction now: Milwaukee stays, Ooh. and they win it over Utah. Milwaukee, Milwaukee's making it out of the East. Even who who does uh, Brooklyn lose to? Probably Milwaukee. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You think that's going to be a good series though? Milwaukee uh, or Giannis versus the world? I guess at this point. Obviously, yeah. you know LaMarcus Aldridge, but... Uh, I want to see that matchup. Everybody. I want to see Giannis versus the world. It's going to be crazy to see <laughs> just how Brooklyn uh, runs through this postseason, I think, in my mind. But uh, obviously, Skyler doesn't think that. And let's go to our It's bets. more that I'm hoping for this. Yeah. Not that I think it'll happen. <laughs> I think it'd be cool for KD to get another ring, though. Obviously, big fan of KD. Uh, Harden, not as big as a fan, obviously, with him being in Houston for a long time. But since he left Houston, I got my feelings... Of, or I won't say hatred, but dislike <laughs> of him has definitely gone down. Let's go to our bets and let's get on out of here. Mm-hmm. So last week I had, for my layup, uh, San Diego sweep uh, doubleheader double versus the Colorado Rockies on Wednesday. They took one out of two, so they did not get that done. Skeller had the Dodgers over Seattle on Wednesday. They won 7 happen. And Brett had Sonny Gray over Cahill on Wednesday. That was a matchup between the Reds and the Pirates, and that did happen. This week, wait, did we ever tell them that Brett isn't here today? We didn't. <laughs> Brett's not here. Yeah, Brett's not here, so sorry. <laughs> We're about 50 minutes in and just not telling you that Brett's not here. He's not He's not mute today. He's just not not in the scenery for He's got some work to do episode tonight. 36. Yeah, it's final season, so we're all uh, locked in right now. But let's go yeah. to this week. I have the Dodgers over the D-backs on Thursday. That is Trevor Bauer's stop. Start. He's been pitching well recently. Uh, had a little bit of command issues in his uh, not his most recent start, but the start before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the Dodgers have been playing well. 
Diamondbacks have not been playing the greatest. They got killed 17-1 to a couple days ago. Skyler, what, what do you got? I'm taking the Grizzlies minus 3.5 against the Spurs in the play-in game tomorrow night. I like Memphis a lot, obviously, for this series. And yeah. I think they should outscore them <laughs> by a lot. Okay. <laughs> that, that should be an interesting series, though, because we, we've seen these pop teams, uh, but this team is different than any any pop team that he's had. Obviously, they're not good. They're 33 and 39, but... Uh, they do tend to blow out a lot of good teams, though, which is weird. in the <laughs> playoffs, I guess, if you want to call it that, which is kind of interesting to think. Let's go to our bull predictions, and let's get on out of here. So I had Texas winning the series over Houston. Texas got swept, as I said earlier, so not mm. the greatest there. Skyler had Sam Houston over South Dakota State University. In the championship game. Yeah, for the FCS, and that did happen. Yeah. So Skyler's hyped. And Brett had the Giants sweeping the Pirates. The Pirates took two out of four, I believe, from that series. Mm-hmm. Jake think. McGee, not good this week. Yeah, Jacob Stallings hit a walk-off home run in one of those games, and I think the bullpen choked the other game, too. Yeah. But I'm taking for my this this week I've been I've been on a bad one recently, so I need to pick something that I don't want to happen. I've been on fire recently. Uh I, I I'm <laughs> picking the Giants to win this series over the Dodgers. I want the Dodgers to win this one so the Giants fans cannot be delusional anymore. Oh, you're doing your Alex trick? Pick the team that's gonna uh, Yeah. Uh, Alright, all right. Well, I'm not gonna do that. I'm taking Washington over Boston. It's happening right now. Um for the reasons I said earlier, you know, all the injuries in Boston's tough. I think they'll still win and get that eight seed, but I like Washington tonight. Yeah. So that's been episode 36. Do you have any number 36s that come to mind? Uh, probably Shaq on, Shaq's like, Phoenix. Shaq definitely, I, I'm terrible with numbers, but I can see him in a 36. Yeah, it was either or Boston or Phoenix. Or 38, maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm bad with numbers. It's been episode 36. Skylar, what's the Twitter, man? Twitter's at a Max Sports. The Instagram is also at a Max Sports. The where's TikTok. Our, where's our YouTube and TikTok? And YouTube, man? our Immaculate Sports. That is true. Well, my TikTok is at uh, Daniel Larson. Oh, God. We're not talking about <laughs> Daniel Larson. Do not look him up. He's not a good or human. He's a pretty he, good artist, though. He follows our friend Paul, so <laughs> I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's been episode 36. Oh, yeah. We'll be back with, uh, you know, updated. Playoff brackets after the play-in games. Hopefully have some some other people besides just me and Skyler up here so we can get a little bit more basketball minds in here. (laughs) We tried. Yeah, we did try. (laughs) Well, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Go Jets. Deuces.